I'm Chad Rutherman. I'm Andy Kanick. I'm JJ Artimas. Welcome, JJ. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. It's in the game. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about Splatoon 2's Octo Expansion, which was released in 2018 and developed and published by Nintendo. Um, I actually don't know how much like publishing goes into DLC, because <laughs> uh, I'm not that deep in like industry knowledge, but... So we are all, we we talked about Splatoon two about a year ago on our fiftieth episode and have all been well we haven't really been playing it so much anymore but for a while we played it pretty consistently and then in June of this year they released this DLC single player expansion so gone are the days of us talking about the heights of walls in the, your average <laughs> Platoon 2 map, as well as, like, the relative strengths and weaknesses of short-to-long-range weapons in multiplayer skirmishes. And here we are talking about challenge missions, single-player. Let's do it. Is it like a... No, there's no sting at oh, all. Okay. Yeah, we're just going into the... This is JJ's first nuclear pocket, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to start. Well, it's cool. It is cool. That is true. Yes. Uh, when this came out initially, right? Yeah. It garnered a lot of 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 discussion on the internet about how difficult it was. Like in comparison, I guess to like regular Splatoon single player, mm-hmm. and uh, like I'm wondering if that is because people are not used to the way, the type of difficulty cuz like to me playing splatoon 2 against like people is way harder than playing the octo expansion for the most part yeah i think the difference is that the like main story mode that was in the game and the story mode from the first one is like there to teach you the ropes and not really there to challenge you as much Mm -hmm. with i mean obviously like some exceptions in there but and the octo expansion is specifically like okay here's the next level what you all wanted like some actual challenging single player missions (laughs) like they definitely toned everything up but i mean i would agree that getting like decent at single player is harder but i think it's just the contrast with the regular single player, there's no expectation uh, in oftentimes in a single player game, especially like very colorful Nintendo branded, that you're going to be running into a challenge that you're going to win like 50 percent of the time, like you would in a multiplayer matchmaking system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that people just can't breeze in something like this colorful and that presents itself and this appealing of a style. It very, the Splatoon very much in the Octo Expansion's case kind of invites you in specifically to kind of hurt you, just like hurt you real deep <laughs> in a good way. And in a way that I love, it's a nice pain. I actually kind of have to... So the, the as much as I would want to build on that, I'm actually not completely sure how, but the main thing for me, is that I feel like the presentation in the Octo Expansion is, like, very distinctly different than the presentation of, like, the main game. Mm -hmm. And I think that may help ease people into, like, this isn't going to be as much of a breeze as some of the other stuff was, particularly not, like, the first game single player. Um, And the second game, like, kind of a midpoint. I think it was a step up. Right. 
it's like deeply grungy. Mm-hmm. Like this whole game, you you feel like if you wiped your finger against the game, you would come away with lots of dust. Right. And and you said it was colorful, and I can't like argue that because the definition of the word colorful is that it is like. <laughs> Many colors, <laughs> which it still totally is. Mm-hmm. The difference being that the colors in this are are, mu- are much more like toned down, muted. Yeah, it's a lot more of an oppressive atmosphere. Like you start out really low beneath the ground with like just on like alone on a subway. Like it's very much like a you're clawing your way out mm-hmm. rather than just having a fun, good time. <laughs> you like the initial single-player mode. And I didn't even mean colorful just literally. Like, this game has a creativity about it, like all things in Splatoon do in one way or another, that makes itself known in the environments. Like, even on the subway itself, which is they, where they clearly put the most thought into aesthetically, the way that you have all these different patrons of the subway coming and going, which look like hilarious background characters in a spongebob squarepants episode yes it really helps things a lot like it it provides a levity to the situation often that the kind of grungy overarching tone and you get beaten up by challenges that were designed to beat you up Uh, it um, it brings some happiness back to the underground yeah it almost uh kind of gives like a portal vibe where like you feel like almost like you've been set up to go through these like challenges Mm -hmm. It all feels very like a laboratory experiment. There's also like a an evil AI robot right. controlling the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, though that isn't super clear. We'll get into that. Let's talk about mem cakes. <laughs> yes, uh, and how <laughs> <laughs> and uh, specifically the that like levity that they want to add to sort of like break through the darker tones of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the the joke is. Hey, Splatoon is way darker than you think it is, but like the game's writing and tone are very different in execution than like the worst possible thing that you could make it out to be. Because yeah, they do talk about like humans being dead and shit, and t- and like with kind of like a ha ha, I love that humans are gone <laughs> kind of uh, thing to it in the main game. The game is still not, like, I've never played Splatoon and been, like, depressed. (laughs) No, it's all very, like, surface level. Like, they don't really, like, capitalize on that atmosphere or tone all that much. Right, and I think that's, I mean, I I don't think, I'm, I'm, like, pretty sure I know that that's intentional. (laughs) Oh, yeah. To make make the game approachable for Mm -hmm. people. Yeah, like... If you weren't paying attention, you probably wouldn't think anything of it. Right. But the Octo expansion really amps up, I think, at least in my opinion, the level of, like, because it it introduces more dialogue and it introduces things like the mem cakes, the level of, the like, the quality of the writing is, like, way off the charts in comparison to what you would have experienced leading up to that. Yeah, there's just so much more of it. mm Mm-hmm. It gives a nice characterization to people who are in the game, even though they don't matter in the long run. It's just sort of like, for your experience with the single player, they absolutely do. And so giving them a little bit of characterization helps. And, you know, you get the little poems and shit. It's nice. It's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Is there, Are those poems supposed to be written by you? I'm, Who's right? Is this is this like a Dark Souls like lore text situation? They're they're actually written by Patches. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was unaware. 
But yeah, it, it just seemed like abstract poems from afar, which were which were weird tonally. With yeah. This game, yeah, but I, cute. I don't remember them well enough to offer up my uh, thoughts on it, but. It's because yeah. you were so focused on those mem cakes, yeah. those delicious, delicious <laughs> cakes. Do you guys interpret? Because I always, I interpreted the mem. This is a lot of mem cake talk. Keep uh, it going. <laughs> do you interpret mem cakes as like cakes as is described, or the way that I see them, which are like Lucky Charms marshmallows? Uh, no, see, I, I kind of saw them as like, like. Not Lucky Charms, but maybe like charms, like little, like a little, like keychain or kind of a thing, or mm-hmm. like a little keepsake. I thought that they were colorful versions of the things you put in hot tubs to clean them, and I'm I'm putting my foot down as that being like the canon interpretation of what they are. Now, they're like uh, bath they're like bombs, ur- urinal cakes. Oh, yeah, similar to urinal cakes, oh, like actually. A urinal cake. But but they don't clean things that aren't urine mostly. Right. Who knows? Well, JJ seems to know. <laughs> He's like 100% positive that these are tub cakes. <laughs> Cleaving the suds. I don't know. It's under the sea, right? It is. Well, no, it's under... The ground. Is it? <laughs> because they can't get go in water, so it ain't under the sea. No, it well, when you come up out, you're in the middle of the ocean, aren't you? Oh, uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah? So, I mean, underground can still be <laughs> under the ocean, technically. Still can. Very deep. I'm a little bit geographically confused about Encopolis overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it because there's, like, an infinitely deep well of, like, empty floaty space underneath yeah, their world? Yeah, Canyon. Oh, an Octo Canyon. I'm imagining that's just, like, so far down that... I don't know. There's just a lot of space that they yeah. could have carved out. The one that I'm confused about is that because you can look over and see Splatoon 1 from Splatoon 2, and you go like, oh, I sure miss Attack Up. But then you go, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, and then you go into a subway, and then you end up way out in the ocean on it, and then you come out on, like, an island? Is there an island, or you just un- did you just come out of the water? It was because the, like the final battle's in a statue, mm-hmm. and you're on a helicopter. Yes. If there's also an island, I'm not positive. I think there's a little island. That's like a little access mm. thing. Yeah, it's like the classic like ocean missile silo situation. Yeah. It's very like Metal Gear Solid when you're like rising up on the elevator. Yeah, you show and you end up, up being on... at ground level at the top. Yeah, you pop up in Shell B. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. It's almost like Splatoon isn't really uh concerned with these kinds of details or something. <laughs> <laughs> and instead just does awesome shit constantly. Yeah. Right. Speaking of awesome shit <laughs> the actual discrete things that you do in these challenges the mm-hmm. the reason that the challenges are difficult this is not a more an- this is not just like a more enemies higher damage situation you're going to be doing completely unique distinct things every single time you load in to like a new level in ways that are like just stupidly surprising like you might play billiards with a sniper rifle you might have to like carve out like a likeness of a duck or something in with perfect accuracy with your gun like it really puts to shame how much a lot of other shooters have had to rely on like pretty much exactly the same kind of mechanical en- engagements when this game for the most part still just using point and click shooter mechanics for the majority of the challenges uh, does ludicrous things I've never seen in a game before, like sculpture carving. Yeah, the sculpture carving 
since you've mentioned it twice, mm-hmm. I feel like I have to bring up right now. Mm-hmm. It sucked and I hated it, but <laughs> it was like because, mostly because there wasn't really any challenge to it. Because you're just matching another thing that already exists. Have you ever painted, like anything? Have you ever like painted like a like not like not like painted like, like watercolors like, as a child? No, that's about, no, that's about the extent that I've got. Not what I mean. Not like blank canvas. Like like here's a little miniature. Like a model. Or yeah, like, like like yeah, like yeah, like let's take it. When you ever like assembled a model, it's no. that it's 100 that headspace where you know 100 what you have to iterate on, what you have to do. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you just have to just sit there for like two hours and just be real careful and just, you know, have your little magnifying glass and your tweezers. This makes a lot of sense thing. to me. Do you know why I've never done that? Because that experience is intensely frustrating to me. <laughs> like, there's nothing zen about, like, very fiddly small things to me. Uh, well... I appreciate it a lot. Because I don't get to do that often. And I, most of the times when I do, I accidentally get paint on the floor. Right. I didn't have to get paint on the floor in, in the real world in Splatoon, only in the fake world. Yeah. The, though I do, I appreciate that it uses the best weapon that they've introduced in the updates, which is the, the squeezer. <laughs> uh, but I feel like the squeezer needs more representation in Splatoon. <laughs> yeah, the... Um... The level of, like, different uh, challenges, there's, like, what, 80 of them yeah. in the subway, almost kind of, like, give me a Zelda Shrines kind of a vibe. Like, it feels like a similar design headspace, mm-hmm. where they're just like, we have this mechanic set, let's just make a bunch of different challenges for you to do. Yeah, come to think of it, the bowling challenges really were... I don't know why, like, Nintendo was so up on bowling right now <laughs> yeah. for the Switch, but... Bowling for well, because they couldn't put out Wii Bowling again. They had to. Yeah, I mean, innovate. they could, and it would probably make like a the, million dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though, I, like, it's hard for me to describe this in a way that doesn't just boil down to it's good, mm-hmm. it's well designed. Mm-hmm. But this type of like variety is something that needs to be done correctly, as it was here in order to be successful, which is a meaningless fucking statement to make. <laughs> but, like, if you look at something... Because we've talked about... Like, we talked about World of Light in the Smash Brothers episode mm-hmm. that went up the day that we were recording this. Uh, <laughs> but... And how it sort of had, like, a lot of things that felt a little bit samey, even though they tried to make a lot of variety. Yeah. And, like, we look back at... Uh, Legend of Zelda, like you brought up, there are 120 shrines, and I think we even make an offhand comment in one of those episodes going, like, they should have shaved it down to, like, I don't know, like, 80? (laughs) Yep, see? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I think that was correct, because we were, like, eventually you get sick of doing the same ones, and Splatoon was able to do pretty much exactly the right number of these, Mm -hmm. with the right amount of variety, and with enough of a, like, interest curve on all of them that... It never felt like it was getting stale or old. Yeah. Well, you could also, like, just, if one was giving you too much trouble, just bail and come back later. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a bunch of different branching paths that you can be like, this one I got stuck on, so I'll go to a different one. And you don't have to complete them all. And that all helps from it getting old. And also, like, comparing it to Smash... With Smash Brothers, you're basically just on a 2D plane and can go back and forth, and you know, yeah. So you feel a lot more limited in what you can do and like your possibility space. So it feels more like doing the same thing over and over in, in that game. But with Splatoon, it's full 3D with lots of crazy movement mechanics, and it just keeps it 
fresher. Yeah. Stay fresh. <laughs> like, most of the time in Smash Ultimate in particular, even when you have these, like, wide variety of challenges that they use with the existing huge mechanical space of Smash Brothers, like, you know, all the medals, all the items, all that stuff, what you are doing to win in every battle is almost always the same. Mm-hmm. You're still putting a stamina number to zero, you're knocking someone off the stage, so your goal doesn't change that much, which means your play style doesn't have to change that much. You just have to compensate for these slight differences, like you might have to grab more or something. Right. But they're all things that you would do in a conventional Smash Brothers match for the most part. But in Splatoon, like, you... Obviously, if I'm playing billiards with a sniper rifle, <laughs> I can't just approach this like a turf war. Like it's, right. every single one of these matches are enormously different and requ- and mandate that you approach them completely different than anything else. You have to stop and think oftentimes. Uh, that's part of the reason I love the uh, destructible platform levels where you're uh, just on a bunch of boxes that your own shots break mm-hmm. and you have to do what are essentially really simple enemies to kill but you have to do it while they and you are destroying the floor underneath of each other like that's fantastic it's a, and it uses something that's even relatively close to the way you normally play splatoon to create an entirely different but still meaningful and interesting experience the one that uh stands out to me or rather the one factor of this that makes it feel consistently fresh in the same way that that did was something that we talked about before with Salmon Run, um, forcing people out of their comfort zones as far as weapon picks go. Mm -hmm. And these ones, you are limited to three or even sometimes just one and, like, maybe different sub-weapons or in some of my favorite levels, no no weapon at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you have to go through these. So if you have, like, no experience with something, it feels like a completely different game. So if you aren't a Charger player, like, yeah, the Billiards one is going to be fucking hard. The one where you, like, have to shatter all the boxes with one shot is going to be impossible. Uh, and, yeah, it's it's just crazy. And then even when they do allow for some variants, they still have the recommended ones. So you end up with, like, one that sticks out to me is the one where there's a set of these, uh, of the grind rails. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of the weapons you can choose are, like, a slosher or a jet squelcher, which could not be more different mm-hmm. most of the time, but like it's a balloon break challenge, so you have to just sort of like your route is going to be completely different depending on which weapon you've chosen. Yeah, because your range is different. Yeah, it's it's cra- it's good. It's good shit. Mm-hmm. That's how I end the conversations now. This is the habit that's, I need to get shit. out of. It's just being like good shit. <laughs> That might really hurt you with the kids. Yeah, yeah. In my day job where I'm a a birthday party clown, I can't... It's just like Chad with children. Like, oh, did you uh, enjoy the episode of Barney? That's good shit. It's good shit. (laughs) Look at this balloon animal. It's a dog. Good shit. Good shit. (laughs) You want some Choco Donuts? That's good shit. That's good shit. What are Choco Donuts? It was the Captain Crunch uh, thing. Cereal. Oh, I don't eat any chocolate cereal. It was good shit. No. Uh, I liked it at the time, but I was like a child. It's probably like sugary and gross. It's probably disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put a card up on the YouTube uh, <laughs> to, to link to our Super Mario cereal episode. <laughs> there you go. We have very strong cereal opinions, but anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, going back actually to what Andy said, and I think an important factor of this DLC and how it works is that you can in fact go just fucking leave and go back to things because of the way that they designed the map. You can hit different lines from multiple angles. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that they did 
that I was shocked, shocked, I say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> was that they made bosses optional. Like, I don't think there's a single boss until the final one that you have to fight in order to get all the... Thangs. Thangs. <laughs> don't, no. Don't say that with sadness. What a great goddamn choice on their part to call them thangs. The guts to do that by that translation team. I mean, that is, it shows some guts, but like, man, no no one has said thangs <laughs> ever. I, like, I don't think it's like a dead slang. It's just it, nothing. It fits Splatoon, though. It, perfectly. So, I think it fits, it's supposed to fit the character of the the phone thing. <laughs> Is it a phone? Thang. The it's, phone thing. Okay, phone technically, thang. technically, it's an AI that's been augmented <laughs> by, like, the pureed DNA remains of thousands of other subway riders in this right. undersea hellscape that it is trying to use to evolve with its cybernetic components into the perfect life form. But, you know... Phone is also fine. It's also a phone. It takes the form of a phone. (laughs) And so when I refer to it, I'm going to be calling it a phone. Yes. Uh, But, like, I think its character is designed to use old slang as a way of being, like, off-putting. Where it's, like, it's, like, the Steve Buscemi, like, how are you doing, fellow kids thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But... At the same time, Thang just really sticks out as being like, this is a new word. (laughs) Wait, no, it's not. Did people say Thang and I I just missed it? I have heard Thang as a child. Thangs (laughs) were in my early days, I believe. Like, you got a nice Thang, I think, was a a line I I heard. I don't think it was ever a thing that, like, caught on that people actually said (laughs) in, like, like, seriously, mm-hmm. it's just always one of those things that people have said in jest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then, I guess I take it all back. I have a newfound respect for the use of Thang in this, in this case. This game, part of its perfect, like, right-on-the-line appeal between being cool and being ironically cool, mm-hmm. Splatoon, like, just skates, just grinds on the edge <laughs> yeah, of that particular grinds. line. Perfectly, and Thang is a great example of them using that in a way that's like, yes, we're trying to be cool, but yes, we know what we are doing. These are crazy, stupid squids. Have fun. It grinds across that line on a skateboard that has the Budweiser frogs printed on the bottom (laughs) while wearing helmets and elbow pads. Oh my god, I forgot about the Budweiser frogs. (laughs) Yeah, I bet Splatoon two didn't. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But anyway, they they made the bosses optional. That's what I was getting at. Yep. But the bosses are a really well implemented even though it would have been pretty cool if they had new ones yeah uh this is the same complaint that i had with the breath of the wild dlc the fact they make you fight the same bosses again Mm -hmm. um but the yeah like the the bosses i really like the iteration on them particularly the the oven the toast guy (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i love the toast guy fight in the octo expansion like i think it's just really fun yeah, I mean, I think that they were all, all the bosses were better than the versions from the main game, but don't really have much else to say about them. Yeah, that really makes sense for us. I mean, yeah. we needed that extra little challenge gate for those bosses not to be kind of rote in the main game. Right. I mean, we still enjoyed them, and I still enjoy them because they're creative designs. Yeah, I like the uh, samurai. Does he ride a unicycle? Yeah, he rides Yeah. I feel like the Active <laughs> Expansion version, even though he was the easiest boss in the in, like, the base game, I think that the Ito expansion version actually kind of, not ruins him, but, like, makes him less, he's more funny to look at on a unicycle, but at the same time, like, I I think the boss fight plays out in a much weirder and less interesting way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
It's that was a difficult one to balance. I think. Yeah, Great. you win some, you lose some. Yeah, they had a lot to try and win. Yeah, so yeah. very like cool. It. But uh, yeah, all their modeling like time clearly went to creating the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which was gorgeous. It was good. I I liked it. I also. Though, honestly, can maybe my least favorite boss of the thing? I mean, it's just supposed to be like a... It's a victory lap. Yeah, well... It's literally a victory lap. Yeah, you do a lap, literally, <laughs> around it. Though when you die on it, it is really fucking discouraging, because you have to... Not discouraging, maybe, but irritating, because it takes a long time to get back into it. Oh, but you just restart in that sweet-ass tune, in that the, case. That's true, you do restart the sweet-ass tune. I don't know, I found that last like skate around the statue part to be like really frustrating personally oh, 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 oh. maybe i just suck at that specific kind of challenge like the skating around and turning to shoot everything as i move there's that and all of that you have to like notice and find all the things yeah things and uh yeah it took me a few too many tries for my liking but whatever you guys don't like karaoke enough. Well, I mean, I like the song. I'm not saying anything bad about the song. No, no, no that, I'm explaining that the appeal <laughs> was that each new time I started the song was each new time I got to attempt to sing along to the gibberish uh, of the song, gotcha. which was fun. Yeah. Uh, did JJ, yes. I can address this specifically to you because I already know mine and Andy's answers. <laughs> did you beat secret the agent whatever within yes. you beat agent eight within absolutely i did not finish all of the challenges in the actor expansion so i've not unlocked the fight yet but mm. uh how did how did that go i hear it's tough uh only the last round is tough but in a super meat board kind of way the iteration time ends up being so low intentionally and how they, they you just get right back into it when you fail mm-hmm. so it feels like a continuous struggle in a way that's actually really engaging for me uh that and considering how close to my heart Splatoon has been, I I think feel like I would be harder to frustrate with the fight than others who had less of an attachment to the game would be because I was in there like, like yeah, ultimate Splatoon challenge, and like I wasn't going <laughs> to stop for anything. I would have been there for six days if that's what it took <laughs> to continuously beat this. Um, and I enjoyed every second of it. But I can absolutely see people just being like, constant smashdowns is such bullshit. Right. And it is absolutely bullshit, but, it, I mean, you can win. Everyone wins. I won't tell you how I did it, so you can figure it out instead, because that would remove the fun. Did it is the is the challenge different than the like toned down agent without version of it? What do you mean by like the version that's in the the actual? Like the new things happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, or is it just they do more specials in a row? Uh, it's it does everything faster in a way that forces you to do different things. It's not like obviously there's more damage too, but there's lots of stuff going wrong. Like an example would be in the main game in a sequence in which the the agent two or three I forget the number right. will just bounce up and down and shoot at you. Yeah. Now it fires it like throws a bomb at the same time in a direction behind you, so it cuts off the normal way to beat that. Okay. So that's how they kept iterating on it. Is they would take the default way you would beat it in the single player mode that isn't the super secret one, right? Uh, and they would cut off your option. There. Uh, which is why the splats downs are just constant because your normal option is to wait for the opening and there's just no opening, so you have to figure out how to do it without an opening. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, most of the time, it's a good way to iterate on boss design uh, by just taking out what would be 
your first option of approach. So I liked it. In uh, regards to that boss, like the regular version, because as we said, I did not fight the super secret version yeah. and have no interest in doing all the challenges at all. Um, <laughs> I feel like I wanted to, but just like something came up. Uh, so, yeah, like some of them are just too hard for my liking. The one that had the Spice Girl Girls power. reference. Yeah. 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 I don't, sorry. I there were a lot of little pop culture references in the writing which mm-hmm. i really appreciated because they were all like 90s references <laughs> but in that one i don't remember the context at all but it it squeezed in ziga ziga which is from uh if you want to be my lover by the spice girls right uh but anyway i just thought that was really cool i was like did you just do a spice girls reference <laughs> splatoon 2 what what was the challenge oh uh, it's the one where there's a bunch of, what, octolings you have to fight, but... You have to prevent them from blowing up, like, a thing in the center. Yeah. Oh, and you've yeah. got, like, the boxes, and you can choose whatever weapon. And yep. by whatever, I mean one of, like, eight weapons, none of which were weapons that, like, I regularly use. So Aww. I remember I just, like, left that one after, like, three tries. I yeah. was like, I'll come back when I'm better with, like, the regular splatter shot or something. Yeah, that one definitely beat me into submission. But anyway, so the regular version of it, like, was such a, like pleasant surprise for me because i feel like pokemon uh gold and silver did the fight the character from the first game thing and it went over so well and effectively in that game that like no one does it since they're like well we don't want to like encroach on pokemon's like thing right (laughs) but like it's something i think when appropriate games should do more often because it's awesome i feel like uh I should, at this point, warn headphone wearers uh, for what is sure to be resounding booze for my Mm co-hosts. But, like, upon completing the game, I actually didn't know who that was supposed to be. (laughs) That's not even a boo. That's like a Picard facepalm. It's very sad. Because, like, I How do you not get that? (laughs) Because, like, I played this Splatoon 1 single player so long ago and, like, didn't even... When I started playing Splatoon 2, I didn't even actually make the connection between, like, who the agents were because, like, it was so far out of my mind (laughs) that they were just like, we're agents 5 and 6, and I'm like, cool, all right? Like... Weird I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a Chad attitude to take yeah. the things. Yeah, I, uh, describes any fact, Chad. I don't, I don't care. care about How do I do fact? this faster? Get yeah. out of my life. So I feel like it took me a minute, because it was like later when they made like a big deal about how significant it was, that I was like, I get now that it's the character from the previous game, but I think that that moment was lost on me. Mm-hmm. Or it just didn't make as much of an impact, which is why I remember it like that. I just don't know how you can forget that character model, given that the agent outfit in the first game was like a living embodiment of Safety Town. Like, how can you not? Like, (laughs) it's so weird. You're wearing cones on the side of your head. Well, it's because I I played Splatoon 1 for so long that I think I just associated that with just being like a Splatoon 1 outfit. Oh. And being like, that's what the characters wear in the single player, right? Yeah. Like, they wear the the day-glow vest and the weird pointy headphones. This is what cops look like in the Splatoon universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get you. But maybe I'm stupid. You, maybe. you are pretty stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You dug yourself pretty far out of the hole, though. It's okay. It was a good answer to that question. <laughs> I'm midway out of the hole. Mm-hmm. Oh, we haven't talked about octopi yet. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. You play as an octopus. 
It took me like a minute to because I think Andy and I had kind of a similar issue mm-hmm. where we want to play as Octolings because it was a new option, but the hairstyles are just worse overall. Yeah, like octopi are my favorite animal. What? Yes, and yeah. Oh, and it saddens me so deeply <laughs> that all the male octoling hairstyles suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just kind of like sucked it up and went with the mohawk. Yeah, it's a little too punk, a little bit. Also, as I remember vividly uh, saying to you guys after we burnt through this DLC the first time, right after it came out, mm-hmm. uh, female octoling default model, too cute. Not like, oh, it's too cute. Like, no, it is too cute. It needs to be less cute. Right. Tone down the cuteness of the octopus. <laughs> it's supposed to be like kind of evil thing. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't feel like a cool person if I'm playing like a Cabbage Patch Kid going through all these challenges. <laughs> yeah, it does. It looks too like baby a face. very. <laughs> it looks like a sarcastic child actor female lead in a movie where like her co-star is a chimpanzee. <laughs> The, <laughs> what was her name from uh, Edith Finch, the child oh, star? It, yeah. yeah, it's like... Uh, Man, I don't remember her name. Can we, just, <laughs> can we just cut and have you edit in a thing that's just like, name of the character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If Chad's not too lazy to do that. We'll find out. <laughs> Barbara. It's Barbara Finch. Uh, now I'm just gonna edit in just like a just a long fart noise <laughs> instead. And keep all this fart. Yeah, that's what I think of you, Andy. <laughs> Fuck off, Andy, you dork. Uh, I think the only other like big thing I really wanted to talk about was specifically incorporating Pearl and Marina into the story and giving them more character. Because I felt like that's something I wanted in the first game was like Callie and Mari to have more of a thing to do. Right. I I wished that in both games that the idol characters were either more. Fle- I say either. I mean both more fleshed out and also less intrusive. Because the way that like the opening crawl goes when you start the game gets fucking old after a while, mm-hmm. and it's amazing in like the completely unbelievable way that they did not change it at all between the two games. Uh, but I at least appreciate the amount of characterization they gave to actually both Callie and Marie and uh, the Off the Hook members in in the in like in the DLC. Yeah. Cuz like it, I think it's weird too. This is just my own personal little nitpick. As like I don't like that after you beat the main story mode that um I can't remember which one's which. Marie, Mari, the, the this one? Yes. The green one? Gr- yeah, green uh, is Marie. Yeah, that she's still there with mm-hmm. like the kimono and the I'm sad umbrella. You know, like it feels like, oh, I didn't actually beat the expansion or the story mode, and she's still sad and right. without her other half. <laughs> like I feel like after you beat it, they should like move locations and both be hanging around somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Similarly to like after you beat a Pokemon game and you go back and people are still just like, wouldn't it be cool to beat the Elite Four? Yeah. Like after you've beaten them, they. It doesn't acknowledge that you've beaten them. Yeah. yeah, it's just weird. It'd be a lot easier in this game, too, to just move them to somewhere else, but yeah. what are you going to do? Just put them in the cafe with Spike. Just, like, sitting there. 
Yeah, on a laptop. Chatting, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom, done. I did it. Yep. <laughs> check, please. Yes. Give me check. I want money. Also, the uh, they did bring back the best weapon from Splatoon One, the Octo Shot, I guess, in uh, in this in the expansion. So cool, big ups on that. Mm-hmm. Do we have final thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm glad they finally put. We didn't really touch on this at all, but they finally put Octolings in the game. Like that was a big rumored thing in Splatoon One and in Splatoon Two <laughs> yeah. before it came out, and they finally did it. Um, which is cool, and, I mean, it basically delivered on everything I thought the single player should have been in the first place, and, yeah, overall, like, I, I don't really have any problems with it, like, it's about as good as you could ask for, for an expansion to Splatoon 2, in my, I, in my humble opinion. I am it, Yes. Especially for, like, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the single-player experience of Splatoon 2 is genuinely incomplete without this DLC. It really moves it from like a 6 or a 7 kind of side experience that you kind of just go for just to touch on the creativity into like a 9, like one of the better like single-player shooter campaigns I've ever played through, Splatoon or otherwise. It's really challenging and really interesting ways that aren't always annoying and they're always like just brushing up against the annoying line right where you want to be. And if it ever reaches that, you can skip it and not care. Right. So in my mind, I, unless they had just thrown more money at this than I think would have been reasonable. Like if, if the only way they could have improved it would have been to just create way more content, like replacing the bosses and doing more cutscene things. So unless if you're working on a DLC budget, mm-hmm. I think this is literally like the best you could do. I could not have asked for them to have done anything better with the money and time that they had. I love it. If you have Splatoon 2, just get it. Yeah, I think uh, you touched on something because I, I don't think this is one of the best shooter campaigns I've ever played. Not by like a a, a huge like a crazy huge margin. Like it's probably like top. 50 maybe but i think that has to do with the fact that this is not a game that was shipped specifically for this experience i think that's really what holds it back from being very very good uh in like a holistic experience because it wasn't optimized specifically for this purpose whereas other games are if you consider it as dlc and as you consider it as an expansion to splatoon 2 then I completely fucking agree with you because it is really, really good. Uh, all of the content that's included in it is great. It's pretty cheap. It actually does impact the main game in like a way that you would actually care about if you're like a Splatoon player where you're way more interested in having cool shoes than like a new gun because there are already 200 other guns to use. <laughs> uh, so I, w- I would, uh, yeah. My biggest things with it are... I love that they make people play different weapons uh, and, like, experiment and give you variety. And the variety of the challenges themselves are really good. I think A+. Uh, You can't rent it, so you gotta buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're uh, gonna bring JJ back into the fold, uh, and we're going to be talking about... Undertale? Huh? Hey, you. Again? No, this is the worst way you can possibly... 
It's a great game, and I'm going to do it justice with the impact that it's had on my life in a pocket-sized format. Yeah, like basically a short version where we're going to talk about Undertale again is Undertale's one of our, like, very earliest episodes. I would not be surprised if after recording this, I would recommend people listen to it over the original <laughs> Undertale episode yeah. because of how old that was. And like the way we do the podcast, and especially back then when we did it like every two weeks, it's really hard to play a game and like fully like digest it for lack of a better word, and, like, really form your opinions. Mm-hmm. And Undertale has been, like, this big thing. There's all these factors and things that might influence your opinion. So I think we all three kind of want to return to it to, like, give uh, updated opinion on it. Take a bigger bite of the pie. Yes. And I've actually played the game twice more since we talked about it the first time. So, like, there there are new things to discuss. Yeah. Uh, but the reason that we're doing this is it is going to be what is you could call like an episode zero of uh, a no clip pocket exclusive series uh, <laughs> where we're going to be talking about each episode of Delta Rune as it releases. Of course, the first one released about two months ago, but like ignore that. Yeah. And uh, if you're unaware, Delta Rune is the surprise episodic sequel to Undertale. Yeah, so we'll, uh, this is going to be kind of like an experiment, though it's not all that different from what we normally do, but you know, get excited about it anyway. <laughs> Consider it more novel than what I'm making it out to be. <laughs> and until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on NoClipPodcast.com, where you can find all of our old episodes, links to our YouTube uh, page, links to iTunes, to Google Play. Uh, give us a rating, a review. Super helps. It's real nice to do. Thank you. Ink that like button. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> this is a better version because the only words actually are oh, Mike. Yeah.